and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. I am Simon Hazeldean and I'm joined, as always, in the Sales Chat Show studio, Mr. Anthony Steers, Mr. Graham Jones. And this episode is entitled, Are You Nervous About How Tough 2024 Will Be in the World of Sales? Use these sales tips to make it your best year ever. Wow, listen to us. Proper motivational stuff. Best <laughs> year ever. Wow. So we are on the 4th of December, 2023, recording this episode. The new year is looming. And of course, when we start January the 1st, people have, they do dry January as a New Year's resolution, stop drinking alcohol, or I'm going to go to the gym more often or whatever. So it's this new year, new me sort of idea that only lasts about five days. But we just thought we are approaching a new year. So it might be like a psychological point where you say, you know what? I'm going to do some things differently in 2024 than 2023. Maybe it is going to be a tough climate out there economically. Who knows? Who knows in 20 in 2024? But if we take a leaf out of none less than Dr. Stephen Covey, the now sadly departed speaker and author, one of um, Stephen Covey's frameworks was circles of concern, influence and control. So if you imagine uh, three concentric circles, if you if you are familiar with this model, I hope I'm explaining this well enough. The outer circle is circle of concern. Those are things we are concerned about, worried about, like, for example, the economy. Uh, we would be worried, you know, and if the economy is positive, then um, with sales, sales is more likely to be to be buoyant, for example. But there's nothing we can do about it. We're concerned, but we do about it. Then there's the next concentric circle in circle of influence. These are people or situations that we can influence, but. The final circle, the middle circle, is the circle of control. Circle of control are things, situations that we have total control over. So we're going to look at things that we can firstly control. So they're within our, we can't do anything about the economy, but there are certain things we can do. We can take certain actions and nothing, nothing can stop us other than ourselves. But also our influence, influence others, influence our customers should be a good circle for us as sales professionals because we are, for goodness sake, professional influencers. So we're trying to come up with as many tips, practical tips, ideas, suggestions, motivations that you can take and apply you don't have to wait for January to start. Feel free to start whenever, whenever you, whenever you, whenever you want to. But some thoughts and ideas. Are we up for this challenge, Mister Steers, Mister Jones? Do we have our top tips heads on, ready to help our listeners? 
Well, apart from following on what you said earlier about New Year's resolutions, yeah, so the first thing to do is not set any New Year's resolutions. That's <laughs> my first tip, yeah. Because <laughs> then, then there can't be any failure. Is that, well, is the, that, the, is that where you're going? The, the, no failure, but also the, the, well, there is failure in setting them up, yeah, because most people give up after, as you said, five days. I think that's probably a bit soon. I think maybe... Yeah. 10 days but yeah, i think some people do try a bit longer but most people... it's, it's easier to fail to to commit to doing it than it is to fail actually doing it yeah <laughs> but the, the, yeah, the gym industry of course makes all its money in january from people signing up for their annual uh, membership because they're going to get fit and after two weeks, they've stopped going, but they're still paying their membership for the rest of the year. Um, and so, Buying off the guilt, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> well, let's get this a bit more back onto sales, a bit more positive. I think I'm going to start off with uh, always be prospecting. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things that when we're busy, we forget to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, when we're really quiet, we panic and do too much. And then we get so busy that we haven't got time to do it again. So I think a bit of diary management and making sure that you're constantly doing uh, a minimum amount or, or, or yeah, and you'll have to set the bar of what the minimum amount of, and this could be in time of doing it in yeah. the number of people that you connect with, but basically connecting with new people uh, to try and qualify and drive them into your pipeline. Um, I think, like I say, connected to that is my tip of never give up because uh, people generally will give up after the first prospecting call. Sometimes they'll go to the second call to the same person. Mm -hmm. And then if they've not had any, you know, takers after that, they give up. But actually, you've got to make about 14, 15 calls before you get a, a bite. So actually never give up. Do always be prospecting, but never give up with each of the individuals that you're targeting. Because it might just not be, and I know, Anthony, you have this as part of your approach, they might not be ready to buy now. In fact, they probably aren't a lot of the time, yeah. but you're making the contact. Um, somebody asked me the other day, you know, what what was your recommendation on prospecting? You know, what what would the right amount look like? Well, obviously, as Anthony says, it depends. <laughs> but as a, as a starter yeah. for 10, 20% of your time depends on the state of your pipeline. But one day a week mm. and time block, here's another tip, put in two and a half hours in your diary prospecting and then when it starts prospect and then when it's finished finish but time blocking mm. sticking because it'll always get pushed out yeah and tr try different methods with different people we all have our favorite mm. right email telephone social selling linkedin posts going to events networking referrals lead magnets strategic gifting yada 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 mm -hmm. how do we know what's going to work with mr graham jones right we try and phone him and we're making absolutely no progress at all and you think well i'll give up on that one send him an email he might respond right you don't know and try different things with with different people mr stairs you uh you this is your area and i think i think you're yeah about i think, I think you're right well. i think th there's certainly more platforms now to break the ice um i'm a big fan of picking up the phone and speaking to people but they're not always able graham's usually lecturing half the time how do we get help <laughs> yeah. uh, if he if he's in a lecture um i suppose going back to what we were sort of saying just before this as well was about the whole when you're prospecting um you usually find that then i always say it should feel like you're dropping off a pizza menu okay um it shouldn't feel like you're knocking on the door and taking an order and all i mean by that is when you're prospecting i personally think your first goal is to get them to 
start to like you a little bit or not decide that they dislike you by coming across overpowering and salesy. And the first thing you need to do is establish your credibility. So I would just reach out to people saying, hey, look, this is what I do, but I'm guessing you're not looking for this right now. Okay. And when they can, what they usually do is they confirm they're not looking for it and then justify it. So they'll go on to go, you're right. We're not looking at training right now, Anthony, because we have a program that runs till the end of the year, or we don't get budget until this point. Uh, and that's where I can say, well, okay, well, I expected that to be the case. I just wanted to drop off some case studies of some people, companies like you that I've worked with recently. So you can see what they say about me. Okay. And when you think it's worth us having a coffee, I'd love to give you a little test drive and I'll show you how it works. And, and I think if you, it's important to get in early. And I think that's kind of what we're saying yeah. with prospecting <clears throat> and a really good way of getting in early without feeling like uh, the fox in, in the, in the, in the pen is that you're not there to try and make a sale. You're there under the understanding mm. that they're, they're probably not looking right yet. You, your goal is to wait until they're ready, but to prime them and build rapport and credibility so that when the timing is right, you get an opportunity to go and do a discovery, go and pitch and do what you need to do. And then I think we keep in touch, right? We keep in touch. So a friend of ours, South African uh, speaker, Frank Furness, will, mm -hmm. I remember Frank talking years ago about 10 touch, reach out and touch those customers 10 times a year. I mean, it doesn't have to be 10 times, but I'd say keep in touch, obviously with the customers you are working with now, currently, mm -hmm. you know, so you maintain good relationships people you have worked with in the past they might have changed jobs now there's another thing to watch out for on linkedin yeah. job changes because people tend to move either within their profession finance director becomes a finance director or within their industry pharmaceutical moves to pharmaceutical so they could be a great opportunity for a new for a new client also people you hope to work with, Anthony. <clears throat> I think that's the people that you've dropped off the pizza menu to and you're waiting for them to be hungry. But mm -hmm. also, what about clients that you tried to win the business, but you didn't win the business and they're giving the business to one of your competitors? Who says it's forever? Who You're not going to know how close it was. And also, mm -hmm. you don't know the person who won the business has actually delivered what they said they were going to deliver. So just keep him keep in touch touch points calls emails newsletters graham has one every single saturday direct mail send them something useful events telephone calls send them a text send them a whatsapp wish them a happy birthday linkedin messages linkedin content video messaging send them videos audio messages just like my goodness, in 2024, there's no shortage of ways to keep in touch, right? And some of those, we have a speaker, a colleague of ours, who said that the bulk of his prospecting is when he's staying away in a hotel. He has two and a half thousand people in his in his um, in his phone memory, and he just sends little messages, text messages, WhatsApp messages to people. Hey, just thought I'd drop you a line, see how you're doing. And he mm -hmm. said that gets him. He's got to remind people you're there. I think it's worthwhile pointing out that you uh, mentioned, Simon, about touching customers 10 times a year. I think we <laughs> ought to uh, point out we, we do not endorse our listeners touching their customers. Physical but, physical touching, yeah. absolutely, other than a handshake, but only with people that want to shake your hand. Yep. 
other than that, we maintain complete lack of physical. Thank you very much for saving the sales mm-hmm. chat show. Yeah, from I didn't being didn't want you to be sued. Or, no, you know, no. For um, uh, but, my uh, my sales team started hugging all of their potential customers, yeah. and we've we've been sued. So. Now I'm going to be accused of joining the Wokarati now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one thing that I think is important is. Uh, Use ChatGPT. Yeah, now that's what you should be doing this year. Yeah, because all those touch points that what are you going to put in them? What kind of things are you going to talk about? Who wants to talk to you in certain ways? You mentioned, you know, what's the right thing for a particular customer? Mm. ChatGPT will tell you. Mm. Yeah, because it will look at how they've engaged, it will give you loads of information. So actually use ChatGPT as a research tool. Um, and if you're not your competitors will. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm going to jump. That's going to be. I'm not going to call it a New Year's resolution because Graham will flip his lid. Uh, <laughs> but that will be one of my commitments. Will be to use ChatGTP because I overheard a conversation between somebody who's a bit like me and sort of scared of ChatGTP or scared of technology in general. Let's be honest. Uh, and an AI kind of specialist, and they just went, "Oh well, what's the point? We're all going to get replaced by AI anyway." And the AI expert turned around and went, "No, no, no! You won't get replaced by AI. You'll just get replaced by somebody using AI." Yes. And and literally everybody just everybody's head just turned, and it was a bit like hang on a second, if I'm not using it, I now know how I could. And yeah. and more recently, because there seems to be an AI speaker at nearly every conference, uh, people are then telling me who know a bit more about it, a very specific way that I could use it. And this is then starting to excite me into realising yeah. I could use it for, for my benefit without having to delve into the realm of... I mean, broader than ChatGPT, I'm, I'm working with, um, with a very clever piece of of ai uh kit that sits sort of sits over the top of a pipeline in a crm and does some incredible analysis of relationship scoring and how likely the deal is to succeed and thinking so I, i think my big tip is 2024 embrace the technology suite that you've been that you've been given right it's your friend the CRM, people, oh, CRM, oh, oh you know, yeah, Simon, you don't know. We've got Microsoft Dynamics, it's rubbish, or we've got Salesforce, it's rubbish. or And then and they move companies, right, because they hate Microsoft CRM and they end up with Salesforce and they realize they don't like that either. Look, it's not, <laughs> it's not the fault of the CRM system. How on earth, how on earth? Did you ever run a business without it? We used to do it in folders, in the in paper folders, account files, right? It's just it's just a bit of bit of technology that can help you to you can have dashboards, it can help you to focus on things, it means it'll remind you to do things, it will track what's going on, make CRM your friend in 2024 and sales navigator if your company is paying for you to have linkedin and also sales navigator it's not cheap and it is one of the best prospecting tools available so get stuck into sell if you need to do prospecting activity sales navigator should be your friend I'm going to let you into a secret here. Yeah. So only the three of us know this. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm leaning I, in. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I was with a person who works for a company that sells CRM software. Their program is well known. Yeah. It's one of the market leaders in CRM software. 
he joined that company from another major global technology company, which has one CRM software in place for the entire company with one database. Single database covers the entire company. We're talking a global business, massive, you know, multi-billion pound corporation. So he had left them having used their CRM system, which enabled him to get all kinds of data and information. And he joined a company that sells its own CRM software to discover that this company, a market leader in CRM, has multiple databases and currently 15 different CRM systems across different divisions of the business. Only one of which is its own software. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And so (laughs) my tip would be get on top of your CRM system. Yeah. Because if your CRM system is not in a position to use the AI tools that are being added to it, you're not going to benefit from that AI because the AI is just going to go, well, you know, it'll tell you this is a mess. I can't tell you anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the most important thing, if you're going to benefit from CRM, is get your CRM house in order. Yeah, get because some they, focus. Get yeah. your data. Get your data yeah. cleaned up. For goodness' sake, put Anthony's name and telephone number and email and address in once and for all. Mm-hmm. Start to log your opportunities. Start to update. For goodness' sake, get on top of your CRM. It's how you run your business. Yep. So, you know. and, and with the CRM, kind of what you put in is what you're going to get out, right? It's yeah. The, so it stops you setting traps for yourself or your colleagues, so you know what's been done before. Yeah. Uh, like you say, there's all kinds of analytical data that can start to identify trends so you can start yeah. being smarter and not working harder. Um, I, one of my rules I, I tend to say with the CRM and, and, and inputting the notes is you can't make too many notes, but you can spend too long making them. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. Usually putting off doing other tasks, but it doesn't have to be a literary beautiful masterpiece just get key information highlights keywords phrases important information log it all um information is ammunition so and three three questions which is why you need to mr jones and mr steers points why your data and your input needs to be really good so your dashboards will then be accurate Uh and they'll tell you what you need to know and then you can look at your pipeline. Is it clean? Is there any nonsense in there that needs to be taken out? Dead revenue, mm-hmm. past its sell-by date, da da da. da. So mm-hmm. is it is it clean? Is it healthy? Is there a next start? Is there a next action identified for every yeah. opportunity? And are opportunities moving? So my CRM tells me how long things have been dwelling compared to the average, which is really nice to know. Mm-hmm. So you can see whether they might be stagnating. And yeah. is it sufficient if you've got a you close one in two and you've got a million pound sales target? Sorry, Graham. You yeah. need two million pounds of coverage in your yeah. pipeline. So yeah. ask those three that would be another tip for me regularly. Well, I thought you were going to say the F word there about forecasting which is that scary thing and 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 and, and adopt two disciplines have a regular pipeline review which is where you look at everything Mm -hmm. and have a forecast review where you look at everything that is predicted to close within whatever sales period month or quarter if you don't flip between the two the Mm. urgent ones take over and you neglect longer term pipeline and eventually it bites you (laughs) Yeah. At some stages, you start. If you've got a problem coming, it's good to know it's going to come six months' time so you can start ramping up your prospecting, right? Uh, that's why the 
have you got healthy coverage across pipeline stages as well that's another reason the data has got to be right and a piece of confidential research i can't mention the client but they analyzed the behavior big fortune 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 50 kind of big big organization they analyzed the behavior of their top performing account managers the two things they noted they spent more time account planning mm -hmm. but they also spent more time in the crm system getting everything updated and monitoring their business so success leaves clues i think it was tony robbins probably or if not it'd be somebody like tony robbins who mark, said mark who, twain mark, mark twain, twain as we as we mentioned on the other episodes <laughs> if, if in doubt it's but then that will also be account planning right account yeah. planning plan your work work your plan spend some time thinking about your plans for your most important customers what's your mission objective strategies and tactics within those and think about 80 20 which are the 20% customers that are going to deliver you the 80% of the revenue make sure you've got those those plans in place and anthony i know we you mentioned um the kind of annual review that you were yeah, talking I, to one of your clients about. The, about. The, the keep in touch kind of talk call with clients and uh, I'm creating some call cards. So they're sort of basically just prompts to give a bit of an idea of what prep you need to do before the call, how the call is likely to be structured and the admin you're going to do afterwards. Um, and yeah, it, it, for some clients, they have this kind of annual strategy review with their clients to find out what's going on next year. Um, the client I've been working these cards with, we've actually moved that now. It's got to be at least every three months to check in and almost look at their 90-day plan. You will still discuss their one-year and three- and five-year strategy even, but it's a more of a 90-day check-in kind of call. Um, and just like you were saying, just some of the prep that you would do beforehand, some of the questions you know you need to ask, thinking about it and planning this before you have that conversation or before you go to the meeting is crucial you can't mm -hmm. just rely on the fact well i know them we've dealt with me for years i'll just we'll have a quick catch-up because that's the biggest mistake i see with account managers is they they have a quick catch-up and forget to ask three important questions that would shape what may happen next or in the next three months um and the planning element i think is is something that yeah salespeople sometimes are under so much pressure that you just dive in and, and hope that you catch something rather than setting your bait and catching the right fish. But also we talked about the CRM data as well, but other data of uh, those reviews, what percentage of that client's business do you have? What's your share of wallet? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's a potential growth opportunity. Um, white space analysis, what are they not buying across your product range that they're buying Either they're not buying or they're buying from yeah. somewhere else. And so that provides you the perfect cross-sell conversation. Yeah. Anthony, I was looking at our data and I noticed that unlike other clients in, in your industry, you're not currently purchasing this from us. I'd just yeah. be interested to have a talk about that just in case it's something that would meet your needs and help you to achieve what mm. you want to achieve. And I promise you, more times than you would like, the customer responds with, well, thank you very much for telling me that. I wasn't even aware you sold that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the other That's yeah. the other thing. So top tip for 2024, don't assume your customers know all the products and services you have in your portfolio. They've mm. probably got you in a little box. And, and that's where they think and, about you. And that's a big thing that I see with, uh, particularly with IT companies that do have multiple products is, 
you like you say you get pigeonholed by the client um and because they weren't looking for the other things you mentioned when you first introduce yourself to them they forgot that you even do that um and you and you find out that actually if for example you're a small IT support company somebody might you might be doing all of their licenses and things for their for their laptops but they might go and source their own printer elsewhere not realizing yeah. that actually you guys can source and uh, and have a, a um, that side of your business too so yeah it, it's it's good to make sure your clients are kept up to date with what it is you do and if you can i always think if you can share that with stories so case studies of other companies similar to them or maybe yeah. might be similar industry but might just be going through similar challenges telling those stories when you're having those catch-up calls with people can be a great way of bringing it into the conversation without it feeling like a pitch here's our latest product simon it's the x5000 let me tell you all the features and benefits it's just not the same as going hey simon actually we had a great client recently who's tried this out and this is what happened and blah 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 blah, blah. it's just going to connect a lot more is the x5000 any different to the x1499 it's got a it's got a higher finish of polish on the top it's oh, okay it's shiny. Yeah. And it's 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 pink. It's pink rather uh, than obviously. So an, an, an attempt to stop us disappearing off on jokey uh, jokey tangents. The tip, therefore, for twenty twenty four is create small what one two minute stories, Anthony, about how you've helped another client to succeed, and Absolutely. share those as an example with yeah. similar customers. Robert Cialdini social proof as the principal google so, yeah. social, proof. social proof um, I, I always think of it as um having your credibility library which are usually can just be one page yeah. pdfs they're mini case studies and when i say a mini case study it's basically a testimonial with context it doesn't have to be a full white paper it just has to be a bit of background about the person who's written this feedback so the person reading it knows if it's actually relevant. If you know somebody from your industry with your job title has just written this, it's going to catch my eye far more than just seeing a quote. And here's a quick structure for you for stories, folks. All stories have a character. So here's the character. If you can use the real customer's name, great. If you can't, tell them it's this was this person, job title in this sort of company. Then there's a villain. The villain is not necessarily a bad person, Darth Vader. It's the problem. So they got a problem. Your character had a problem to overcome, and you help them to overcome it, and you turn them into a hero. We are never the hero in our own stories. The customers in the story is the hero, and then all good stories have a happy ending. So here was the customer. Here was the problem they faced. Here's how you helped them with the problem, and here was the result. Tell it like a little story. Mm. Boom. Away you go. 30 uh, seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, two minutes. I love that, and I have to be honest with you. Um I, I often say if you get the chance to ask for feedback from clients, you'll be surprised how many are willing to do it, firstly. Um, and occasionally they will go, what do you want it to say? They'll be so happy. They go, yeah, no worries. What would you like it to say? I often give them three questions, which, to be honest with you, were the back three of yours. I think you just had a bit more of a, a picture of who they are at yeah, the beginning. Yeah. I often used to just say, what was the problem you were trying to solve? What were we like to work with and what happened as a result of working with us? And it should follow that same cycle of, well, this was the thing we were we were struggling with. You guys were fantastic and responsive and brilliant. And as a result of working with you, this problem is no longer a problem because we've done this. And uh, then if they're really nice and positive after that, that might be a perfect opportunity to ask for a referral or a recommendation of somebody they know that yeah. might have a similar challenge that they'd be happy to introduce you to. So if you're not asking currently for referrals mm -hmm. in 2023, 
make sure you're asking for referrals in 2024 as one of your prospecting. Thank you. I, I, I am Thank showing you, you yeah. I'm showing the guys my high tech uh, solution for this. It's a post-it note uh, that goes on the top of your screen. Don't put it on your camera because it will ruin your Zoom calls. Uh, it just says thank you equals ask. And basically, whenever you hear the words thank you, ask, well, gracefully accept it and then ask for one of three things. Either ask for feedback for what you've done for them so far. If they've written you feedback, then ask if there's anything else you could do to help them. Because if they've liked what you've done so far, maybe they want more. Uh, and from the third time onwards, just ask if there's anybody else they know who might benefit from talking to you or working with you and ask for a referral. But if you, every time you hear the words, thank you, you, you use that to ask for something in return, you'll squeeze more value out of most of your calls. And we mentioned uh, another thought. We mentioned 80-20 uh, a little bit earlier. Just Pareto, it's sometimes called Pareto principle, Pareto analysis. Just have a look. See which customers, which products, which services are currently bringing you the greatest revenue. And then make sure, firstly, you look after those that are bringing in the greatest revenue. But who could be the next ones that you could bring that? And also that 80-20, I'd also say apply it to your own personal productivity. We recorded an episode recently where Graham shared some Gartner research about how much unproductive time salespeople were engaged in because they were engaged in low-value tasks. So have a tough look at what you're doing every day and every week. And if it's not a revenue generating activity, can you give it to someone else or use AI to save yourself a, an absolute ton of time? So, you know, we need to be focusing on the big rocks is the old analogy, you know, the big stuff, the most important stuff first, first and foremost. So, you know, try to delegate, get rid of low value, low value activity and focus, focus on the most, most important. I think that's also worth underlining that recent research on the 80 20 rule is showing us that particularly online these days, it's more like, 955 yeah 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 so so it, even more important that you focus yeah. and and those numbers by the way the 8020 was only ever a guide right it was just yeah. the number, it's the numbers that have been banded around you know i had 84% 16 with a customer one product 84% yeah. of revenue out of 24 lines they stopped right so it's just but just the law of disproportionate percentages get on top of it and, and flip it the other way around let's just assume it's 80 20 for a moment who's the 20 percent of customers who bring the 80 yeah let's turn it over yeah who's the 80 percent they're actually not bringing in a whole lot and which of those are the hardest and the most time consuming to look at and actually <laughs> maybe you're treating some people like they're in the platinum club but they're only spending bronze level of revenue and yeah, i'm not saying we don't look after all of our customers but some customers so, are more important than others from a revenue point of view so if you want to make 2024 your best year ever then the important thing is that you start the year by sacking some customers oh fighting talk that is get, get rid of the tire kickers get rid of the people who are wasting your time yeah, because you can invest that time in people who are going to make you money. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the get rid of the people who are useless. 
Absolutely. I, some of my clients, that uh, their, their strategy is to drop their price. So I call it PDP, which is pants down pricing, because you think that that's going to get the deal. <laughs> and I always go, if you if you win it on price, then you're probably going to lose it on price or it's a race to the bottom. And I, to genu- the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I genuinely believe that if there's no money to be made by this particular client, give it to your competitors. Keep yeah. them busy yes. making no money at all. Yeah. So you make it with the good clients. Um, and yeah. <laughs> and qualify your clients and qualify your opportunities. Whatever yeah. framework, BANT, MedPick, whatever, budget authority needs timing. If if it's not well qualified, do not go chasing it because your chances of winning or, or don't chase it as vigorously, right? You never we know we never know, but focus on the ones you're most likely to win and if you've got some clients who keep thinking about it and they've been thinking about it forever and a day and they've asked (laughs) they've asked you to quote six times and six times in a row you've wasted your time and you haven't won any business unless something significantly changes the same thing's gonna happen number seven right so that's like yeah tire kickers are they're called in the, and, uh, in the and my, my guess graham is if in getting rid of some of your clients or going back to prospects who haven't bought for a while to explain to them well look i'm going to take you off the list here you'll probably find that pushing them back may actually kick start some of them into taking the action that they know needs to be taken or it will get them off your list and it's people you're not wasting your time with yeah, because that that appeals to people's FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah. So actually, people don't like things being taken away from them. Mm-hmm. So actually, if you threaten to take it away from them, they are more likely to use it more. Yeah, get them to dig their heels in a bit. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 I'm sure you don't want this. They go, whoa, whoa, hang on a second, maybe I do want this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Graham mentioned something. I'll it's probably last year. It might even have been a couple of years ago on the sales sales chat show podcast. Give people three choices if you want to help them to make a decision. One choice feels like no choice. Two choices is a dilemma, binary. And Graham, I've I've used this ever since you taught me this. Three choices optimizes decision-making and put the one you most want them to choose in the middle. People feel more comfortable. Graham shared that piece of wisdom and it's been been I I quoted him on it last week at the at the UK wedding conference that's very kind of you and (laughs) as I say to listeners of um the sales chat show you can choose your favorite presenter it can either be Simon Hazeldean Graham Jones (laughs) (laughs) hang on did you put me in the middle there or not? <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, we fired an absolute ton of of uh, we hope we hope useful practical tips. Anything we've mentioned, we've used ourselves, or we know our clients have used, and they're all little uh, a, a vast, hopefully, collection of random thoughts and ideas to really, really, really help you with sales in 2024 2025 when when whenever you know you're listening into this episode so we just wanted to give you some stuff to start the year off 2024 with a bang um obviously thank you very much for all the people who've been listening to the sales chat throughout 2023 2022 we know we've had people who've been listening ever since we started which we are always absolutely astounded and grateful of how many of you listen in to, to the episodes and uh and and let us know you found them useful so thank you very much because that's the ultimate feedback if what we've done has helped you we are very 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 happy 
uh, folks here, whoever is your favourite sales chat show presenter, be that Graham Jones, Simon Hazeldean, <laughs> or or Anthony Steers, putting putting myself in the middle. Mr. Jones, uh, Mr. Steers, a clo- any closing thoughts or motivational words for our wonderful listeners? So if they want the best year ever, I suggest you go back through the back catalogue of uh, the sales chat show uh, and find the episode that says you should not set sales targets. That will make your year even better. <laughs> he uh, never, he talked, and this is Graham who talked about never giving up. So yeah. Graham <laughs> is also adopting this as a philosophy. So until sales targets have been obliterated from the face of the planet, Graham's work is not yet done. Correct. Mr. Steers, uh, is it going to be... Tip from me, I think kind of encompasses quite a few of the things we talked about with prospecting at the beginning. Just stick to the three P's, be polite, be persistent and be patient. Follow those three rules when following people up. You won't upset too many people and you'll stay right at the back of their mind so that when they are ready, you'll get that phone call. And I just say, ask, 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 ask better questions, ask more often sat on a sales floor with somebody one time i've mentioned this before top performing salesperson and i said oh i'd like to spend some time with them and the one thing she did every single call with a customer she said is there anything else you got in your inbox i can quote you on or what have you got on your desk that i can quote you on or what are you working on at the moment that i could quote and and i kid you not most times the buyer the other end will go well actually Boom, boom. Ask, 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 ask. And on that point, we just like to ask you to uh, subscribe to the sales chat show from wherever you prefer to get your podcast. If you like to give us a a review, a five-star review would be wonderful, of course, on any of the platforms. (laughs) Spread the word. And we look forward to being of service with you in our episodes in 2023 and beyond. Sorry, 2024 and beyond and 23 as well, if you're listening to some from the back catalogue. So thank you very much, folks. Want to wish you good luck and good selling. Thank you for listening in. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. <laughs>